first, let's hear from today's sponsor. We only have time for two questions. Let's start with you, ma'am. Yes, Mr. Blue. Tell us a little bit more about Viral Mindfulness Academy. I don't really get it. I don't quite understand what you're saying. Please clarify. Viral Mindfulness Academy is an online school. It's a place for me to teach open-hearted soul siblings, to teach students about mindfulness, meditation, creativity, kindness, compassion, how to navigate the world which we live in 2020 with more heart and purpose. It's a place for me to sing a little song. I'll probably sing to you a few times as well. But really, think of it like a digital campsite. A cozy corner on the internet where we can gather together and practice and be mindful, be present with each other, learn and grow together with like-minded people. Is anybody else hearing this? Cut the crap. I mean, listen to this marketing mumbo-jumbo and the soft music playing in the background. Why should I give a crap? What's this going to do for me? Well, thank you, sir, uh, for the question and no offense taken. And you are heard. And I actually would love to answer this for you. To be honest and to the depth and to the point, I recently was looking at what have I consistently done over the decades of my life? What are my gifts? And even bigger, what is my calling? And as I looked at each decade of my life, I realized that what I have consistently done and done well and received feedback from other people where I made an impact and also I love doing this was being a teacher when I was just a teenager, 13 years old, I started teaching piano lessons and did that till I was 19 years old. From 19 to 21, I taught people about the Mormon church as a Mormon missionary. When I was 21 to 29, in those first years of college, I worked in restaurants and I taught people about food and experience. But even bigger, at college, I was a teacher's assistant for tap classes, also a teacher's assistant for advanced writing for juniors and seniors. When I hit my 30s and did grad school, then I moved into a whole nother level of teaching as a clinical social worker, as a helper and a therapist. And very quickly after the graduation and moving into practice, I started focusing on different therapies or interventions that really resonated with who I was becoming as a helper and the people around me that I was working with. And meditation and mindfulness definitely rose to the top. So I figured I would do what I do and put it online and create a space for me to teach students about mindfulness. And mindfulness is very important to me. And I figure you want to hire someone who can help you do something they have done. And over the last 18 years, I have used mindfulness to transform many different aspects of my life, my struggles, and my creativity and my offerings, my my gifts to the world. So hope that answers your question. 
Blessed be the fruit. The month has finally arrived. Viral Mindfulness Academy is almost open. And in honor of this exciting event, I have a special offer just for you. Stay tuned. Hi, Soul Sibling. Good morning. It's morning. It is August 11th, 2020. And I wanted to share with you a little trail talk. Hashtag trail talk. We're all walking life and the path, and my intention is to offer helpful input about the spiritual life, especially right now. So my last podcast episode, 121, was all about the big clinical word, dysthymia. I've gotten so many comments, and people love the word. I I knew they would because it's fun. And it's not something you know. So here we are in the great dysthymia of 2020. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, it might be of interest to you. However, stay right here because I wanted to move forward with the great dysthymia of 2020. Dysthymia, the definition, constant, it's a mild persistent depression, mild persistent depression. And I wanted to share a win with you this morning and have a little trail talk with you, heart to heart. I was able for the first time in weeks, people were talking seven weeks, to get up at 4.45 a.m. I used to be part of the 5 a.m. club for several years. I've always been somewhat of an early bird, but for the past several years, most of my inner close friends know that by nine, I was out for the night and very early to rise. And since March, everything has shifted for me as well. And in the last episode, I was sharing with you a little bit about my breakdown into a complete, well, you can listen to it in the last episode. And from there, I also offered three specific suggestions and ideas that I worked on and I'm continuing to work with. And one of those was about kind of just returning to kindergarten, that all bets are off emotionally right now and that we would do well, all of us, to return to kindergarten. My friend Vanessa used that word, kindergarten, and she sent me her gorgeous pictures from that age. I'm still digging for mine. So this means that we have to adjust. I was just talking to my neighbors last night. They knocked on my door and brought me some fresh cookies. They saw that it had been my birthday last week because the neighbors wrote chalk, a chalk message at my front door wishing me a happy birthday. And so they wanted to give me cookies. And we were just talking together for a minute at the front, my front door, about the nature of our emotions and our capabilities have shifted. Time has shifted. And so this morning I was able to get up. And it's been seven-ish weeks of really starting at the beginning starting in kindergarten and just putting one foot in front of another and giving myself demanding that I I give myself permission to retreat to a more simple plan. For example, I was working for a period of a year or so on doing 30-minute sitting meditations. 
when I started again seven weeks ago to really take the reins back on my emotional, physical, spiritual life, I had to start with three minutes. And sometimes I still adjust to five minutes or 10. I have done more 20 minute meditations as of late. And this morning I got up to meet my dear yoga husband, my sister husband, Jay's husband, Kenny Harvey Frisbee. He and several yogis have started their own online Zoom yoga collective. They have five fantastic teachers. They have classes Monday through Saturday. It's awesome. It's Soulful Solutions, New York City. I'll drop the info at the show notes if you'd like to participate. It is East Coast, so I'm on the West Coast. So class started at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I thought, I can do this. So I set my alarm. I made it to bed around 10.15 last night. It was a little hard for me last night because, well, the neighbor stopped by and unexpected and I was in the middle of a discipline I'm working on to complete Viral Mindfulness Academy to make sure that I'm on point for my September 22nd deadline. And so I have one hour a day, Monday through Friday, of building all of the pieces. And the second hour, Monday through Friday, is marketing and podcasting and posts and videos and clips and things to market the business. And between those 10 hours per week, I will make it if I make those 10 hours. So then last night, they were here, we talked for 20 minutes. You know, the dishes take a long time, and it's eight o'clock, and and one of my dearest friends, there was a text uh, 15 minutes later, I received the text when I got to my phone, asking if I was available to talk. And that's a really hard one for me because I really value being available to those who are in my inner circle. And so I texted and said I would be available close to 10 and I would reach out then. And that's something that's difficult for me. I knew and I'm learning that if I don't do these hours and especially on a Monday, which was yesterday, then I am in trouble. Um, because it's just this discipline that I'm aware of. It, this is where I'm at. And I realize that you're going to be in a totally different spot. In fact, many of you who have family members and kids and spouses that you live with, you are not in the same realm as me, I'm aware. However, don't let that not inspire you to take what is here for you and to gently guide yourself in a small step this week towards the direction and the space in which you want to pose. I ran into a yogi friend getting takeout yesterday morning from a coffee breakfast place. It was hard to recognize her. She had her mask on. I had my mask on. And it was really funny because I've never met her children. It was so lovely to meet her two young kids, probably eight and 11. And the kids ran in a bit and we had a minute to visit alone, my yogi friend and I, and she just was saying how difficult it is right now. And I said, you know, I have a lot of peace to share. And so if you want to hop on like a Zoom coffee date for 20 minutes and just check in, 
She's like, oh my gosh, I would love that. She goes, I have no peace. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh once I got to the car because I thought, oh, that's so true for all of the people, most of the people. And so here is our great dysthymia 2020. And how do we inwardly orient and take small steps of kindness and kindergarten attitude and work towards a schedule or work towards a plan for the day or for each hour throughout the day to thrive. Welcome to the PP, the podcast poem. Come on, get your mind out of the gutter. So I was reading, I've been reading from the Atlantic.com. They have some really great pieces, uh, a great news staff. And I recently, from August 7th, 2020, I was reading, the title is The Atlantic Daily, Nine Poems for This Fraught Moment. And the subtitle, writers and editors from around their newsroom pick poems worth revisiting. So I read each of the poems on Sunday and oh, they were so good. So I'm going to read you one. This one is called From Blossoms by Lee Young Lee. And here's what the assistant editor, she picked this one. Her name's Morgan Ohm. And this is what she had to say about the poem. From Blossoms is an ode to the small moments and the everyday objects that hold treasured memories. I love the idea that we too can carry within us an orchard to soothe our minds during times of crisis. In this heavy moment, Lee's words remind me that days of sweetness, of joy, and of community still exist and will one day bloom again. So here is the poem from blossoms from blossoms comes this brown paper bag of peaches we bought from the boy at the bend in the road where we turn toward signs painted peaches from laden bows from hands from sweet fellowship in the bins comes nectar at the roadside succulent Peaches we devour, dusty skin and all, comes the familiar dust of summer, dust we eat. Oh, to take what we love inside, to carry within us an orchard, to eat not only the skin but the shade, not only the sugar but the days, to hold the fruit in our hands, adore it, then Bite into the round jubilance of peach. There are days we live as if death were nowhere in the background. From joy to joy to joy. From wing to wing. From blossom to blossom to impossible blossom to sweet impossible blossom. So this is really kind of like a day, a morning in the life of Mr. Blue on Tuesday, <laughs> August 11th. So 
I had just taken a break to record the next segment and my phone started ringing and it was this friend that I had mentioned that was trying to get a hold of me last night. And this is someone in my very inner circle. I put my phone down, answer, or I answered the call, put the recording off and was able to spend the last 30 minutes connecting and supporting this friend with some pretty deep soul work. And this person is someone I am directly related with on a day-to-day basis through my recovery. And so it's interesting because I was just talking in the last segment about pushing through some of my finding where I need to be focused week by week. So this is about week eight of kind of putting myself back in kindergarten and getting up this morning at 5am was so magnificent. I love the morning time. It's such a beautiful time. And I know night people, I used to have a friend that was a night owl. And we always used to like try and understand the difference between the morning bird and the night owl. And it's interesting how there can be some negative beliefs about the night owl as if it's better to be a morning person. What I remember is that my friend, the night owl, he, he described the same stillness and quiet in the early morning hours from one to 3am. So this morning when I made it to yoga, it's interesting. Um, I, I practice in my body and on the mat in a different flow that early in the morning. And my mindset is also very different. And one of the coolest things that arrived by the end of the hour yoga class was my ability to then sit in meditation after class ended and we hopped off of Zoom. And it's it. I was thinking how eight weeks now into putting myself into kindergarten, I am making progress and returning to some places of normalcy. I am back in sort of the work of strengthening places that I knew I needed to work on. For example, my hour of building Viral Mindfulness Academy and my hour of marketing And I have completed five, six yoga classes Monday through Saturday last week. We are on target for a Monday through Saturday this week. And I mean, I'm telling you my stomach, my core, I have lost weight. I'm making healthier choices. I'm eating less. And so it's hard work. I understand. For those of you, most of you who have kids at home or a significant other, it's hard work. However, if the family comes together and creates this attitude of necessity and playfulness, we're all in kindergarten with the great dysthymia 2020. So when I got this text from my friend Jude, I thought it was so dang cute. So Jude and I he's the only person that I'm seeing in person and we get together every couple weeks for a few hours and have dinner or social distance at my place. And we keep very small circles right now. Um, and 
he said, we've been talking about the dysthymia. And so he sent me this text last week and I just was cracking up. He's all, did you see Michelle Obama has a low grade depression? I was like, girl, you got the dysthymia. So just trust me, girl, boy, non-binary you sibling of mine, genderqueer, trans, you got the dysthymia, girl. And generally we're using the girl for the quote that you'd sent me. So you got the dysthymia. Stop trying to tell yourself any story that you're doing something wrong. This is what's happening in August of 2020. And trust me, we're headed into the fall and winter of 2020 and 21. And winter often brings all kinds of stuff that's normal for winter places. I always joke that come around November through March, all my friends start calling at different times because they're in the winter and the snow and the cold. I've seen it for years since I moved to Southern California. So I wanted to just share with you a couple thoughts from Adi Ashanti, who is my main spiritual teacher. I have practiced with him in person and online for the last five years. And this morning I was reading, and I'm just going to share with you a couple of the lessons I was reading from our recent retreat and give you a few ideas. And that will be our podcast episode for today. So he's talking about soul values, like your commitments. What are your soul commitments, your soul values? And he asks these questions. So I'm going to ask them to you. What's worth committing yourself to? What feels soulful and real to you? What cuts so deeply that it's worthwhile sacrificing for? And Adi Shanti suggests if you touch into that, you might touch into the self-transcendent aspect of the soul. He goes on to say the most awake, happy people he knows, Adi Ashanti, are those who tend to have very clear, soulful value commitments. And listen to this, happiness becomes a byproduct of that. So he's saying the most awake, most happy are those who have very clear soulful value commitments. And happiness becomes a byproduct of those. And then he goes on to say, that's my pencil moving on the desk. Uh, It was actually sticking to my arm. He goes on to say one of the ways to be unhappy is to be chasing happiness all the time. See, so right now with the great dysthymia, this low-grade depression, as Michelle Obama came out to everyone, I think it's so amazing. One, because she just started a new podcast series on Spotify and weekly episodes. It's really great. I listened to the first one with her husband, Barack Obama, and it gives permission, I think, for all of you and me, and I'm giving you permission. I am Mr. Blue, Dr. Blue. 
Tinker Blue. Oh, I have a new one. Alejandro Azulito. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. I have so many of them. So I give you permission to accept that we are all experiencing low-grade depression, dysthymia, okay? And it's not a clinical diagnosis. This is a global pandemic 2020 diagnosis. It's fun. Say it, dysthymia. Just, you just can tell people, I am totally having dysthymia. I'm experiencing dysthymic feelings. Okay, so Adi Ashanti also says that immature, <clears throat> sorry, immature freedom wants freedom from everything. So an immature freedom wants freedom from everything, not wanting anything to impinge on me. So when I read that this morning, I was like, wow, that is so true for us. Like we do not want to be, okay, let me speak for myself. I don't want to be impinged on right now by coronavirus, by unemployment, by, for me, I really miss going to the theater. I miss going to the yoga studio with my people. I miss going to restaurants and coffee shops and taking my laptop. And I miss going to the spa up in LA and sitting in uh, the spa and steam rooms and the the um, Beverly Springs Spa has a really awesome, awesome like water coming from fresh springs. The water is so silky. I miss it. I miss getting on a plane. I miss traveling. I miss so much. And yes, I know I am super grateful that I am working full time and that I have plenty of work for now. So I think right now that it really stood out to me that this immature freedom wants freedom from everything. It could really get us stuck in even more exasperated, depressed, anxious feelings. So Adya Shanti goes on to say that the Buddha and Jesus came to a deeper commitment. So they realized that their deeper commitment, their soul, soul values were directly related to teaching. So whether easy or not, whether the people understood Buddha and Jesus, teaching was something they had to do, almost like destiny. And being freer and happier is a byproduct. So if happiness and freedom is the goal, you're not going to get there for a long time. But if the goal here is to orient your life around your soul values and commitments. And as you get in touch with the soul values and commitments, and that's part of the work that Adi Ashanti was asking us to do, and I'm still doing. So some of those soul values that I've come up with, I have been making lists since March, and I've been refining them. And so I'll just give you this morning's teaching teach truth love i think those are the three resounding soul commitments and values for me 
And it's interesting because I went through a lot of other more specific ones that felt very personal, like painting and posing and writing and playing and nature and sitting. And that's great too. And I had to identify those and work with them for the last four months. And then this morning, there was this awareness about my value for truth and for love and compassion and kindness. And those are three different ones. So I'm going to finish with asking you a couple more questions. These are from Adi Ashanti, me to you. Adi Ashanti always teaches, don't mistake the finger pointing you to the moon. Meaning, don't mistake the teacher, even the teaching. The teacher, the teaching, this, these words, they're pointing you to something bigger, to the moon. And that's what we should stay focused on. And so here are these final questions. What are your commitments of a spiritual life on the trail? What is your spiritual life committed to? Not what goal do you achieve, but what are you orienting your life toward? What direction are you gathering yourself toward? Gorgeous. I'm so grateful that you joined me this morning. I want to finish just by sharing with you. I've been working really hard for the last five years to uncover and to align with my soul values. And it was interesting because this morning after my yoga class, it's 6 a.m. and I'm doing yoga in front of my patio. And out on my patio, my Zen deck is an avocado tree. And we've been friends for many years. This tree is in full growth. The branches are large and they are shading my patio. I cleaned off all the leaves yesterday. I've painted and drawn. I watched a hummingbird build a nest there one season. Her name was Alfred. It was lovely to see that hummingbird just sitting there on the nest. I kept the nest. It's sitting on my altar. The two children did not survive. And this morning as the sun was peeking through the web of trees and growing avocados, I looked out at the overgrown, abundant, wild, flourishing patio that I planted eight years ago. And I started painting words, the words that I chose to guide my year from 2013 until now. I actually haven't painted words, the words on the fence for the last two or three years. And so I started looking at those words and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are part of the soul values and commitments and the soul value and commitment of truth and love and teaching. Those are my top three right now. So I'm going to share with you the words on the fence because those are the stepping stones and the footsteps that brought me here to this morning when many different vantage points coalesced in a very free and peaceful morning. So those words on my fence are devotion, 
faith, sit, brave, pose, viral mindfulness, listen, grace, thrive, create, compassion, fun, play, create, teach, build, market. It's amazing. So keep an eye out for your words. And most important in this great dysthymia 2020, may you have the wisdom and may you have the playfulness to go back to kindergarten and uh, be gentle. I'll see you next time here on the podcast. All my love to your next mindful step. Are you still there? Hi, Soul Sibling. Have you entered your podcast review? I'm doing a giveaway right now. And actually, for all you podcast listeners, I will extend into the first week of September. So here's how it works. It's a podcast review giveaway. All you have to do is leave a review at Apple Podcasts. And if it's postmarked by, you know, September 8th, date stamped at the review, then you will, your name will be entered to win a awesome vintage book covers. They take these book covers and they're vintage books and they bind them with watercolor paper. And so this really awesome sketchbook, it's from an Instagram account called Sketchbook CO Shop. And it's a husband and wife team. They also make paints. So you didn't hear this from me, but I'm also going to gift an original watercolor and a set of their handmade paints. So all you have to do is enter a podcast review. Now I am now on Spotify podcasts, also Google and SoundCloud. I'm not sure about the capability of leaving a review on those other three platforms, for sure, Apple Podcasts. So if you're not an Apple Podcast user, if you're more of a Google Android person and you're having troubles accessing that place, then you could also just send me an email, alexander at viralmindfulness.com with your few sentences or a statement about a review. And I can add that and use that for marketing and my website. And if you want to get to my website and look at these different platforms, quick links to all of the actual podcast channels and some of the current reviews, you can get there by hitting viralmindfulness.com forward slash podcast. So this really helps my podcast get discovered by new users. It would mean the world to me. It would only take you a couple minutes. If you need a little help, you could simply just write a few sentences about anything that I've helped you understand in regards to mindfulness, what you see as you've continued to listen or watch me from a distance. Um, and it can be really simple. It could be as simple as, hey, Alexander is always a refreshing voice. He's often offering inspiring information. It can be real simple. You don't have to get swayed in the comparison game and looking for having to do the perfect review. So you helping me helps me get my message out to other 
people who really could use some viral mindfulness in their lives. So take a minute and help your sister, your mister blew out. I'll see you next time. And P.S. coming next weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. And actually, I'm going to tell the story. Yeah, the Eagle Gate fire. Three years ago, I was caught in the Eagle Gate fire in Portland, Oregon with 149 other hikers. We had to camp out overnight. Well, we didn't camp. We huddled in the cold, 60 degrees, because we were stuck and trapped by the Eagle Gate fire. We had to hike out up above and out. So I'm going to tell the story and share some never be, never be seen sane, never seen before footage from my iPhone at the time. So I'll see you then. Bye for now.